Welcome to this week's edition of the St. Paul Podcast. I'm Peter Marty, Senior Pastor of St. Paul Lutheran Church, located in the heart of Davenport, Iowa. Right here each week, you can hear a message to inspire your walk with God and hear beautiful music to fill your life. Let this podcast be your occasion to contemplate some of the deepest things in life, just as I hope it helps faith come alive for you. I'm Pastor Sarah Olson-Smith. What a delight to be with you on this podcast today. Today, we are talking about joy and the way that joy bursts forth like a spring in the desert. Unlike happiness, which is often depending on circumstances and is a reaction to those good things that happen in life, joy comes sometimes even in the midst of the hardest of times. Sometimes joy surprises us. Other times we nurture it and it sustains us. Joy comes when we feel this authentic connection to ourselves, to others, 
to God. The 13th century theologian Thomas Aquinas wrote that joy is caused by love, either through the presence of the thing loved or because the proper good of the thing loved exists and endures. Long before Aquinas, the biblical prophet Isaiah wrote about deserts flourishing with flowers, bursting with joy. I know some of you are listening, and you might be driving, or jogging, or baking, but when you do get a chance, there are some beautiful images out there of deserts in bloom. So use whatever internet search engine you have and look for images of Negev desert flowers or California super blooms, and you will see what Isaiah is writing about and what I spend some time talking about in the sermon you will soon hear. But here are those words describing a desert in bloom away through that desert. Isaiah chapter 35 verses 1 through 10. Listen for what Isaiah says about joy. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of fearful heart, be strong and do not fear. Here is your God. God will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. God will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. The lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For waters shall break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp, and grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there, and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there. But the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. So listen now to some more words about joy and deserts and blossoms. I love a good list. I love lists for to-dos just for the joy of crossing them off. Grocery lists are a necessity and I have lists every day of things to which I give thanks to God for. I have an embarrassingly long list of books I want to read, which is much longer than the books that I have actually read. And I have another list of places I want to go, things I want to experience around this world. I'd love to go to that place in central Mexico where the monarchs go when they migrate and be surrounded by thousands of monarchs in one place. 
I'd love to see the breadth and depth of the glaciers in Alaska. I'd love to go and see those sea turtles crawl across the beaches of Costa Rica as they make their way into the sea. And though, even though I've seen it once, I want to take my kids to see the kind of graceful awkwardness of giraffes running across the African steppe. And I'm grateful for photographers because it's unlikely that I'll get to all of those places. But one other thing that I would love to witness someday is the desert blooms. Desert blooms that happen around the world but happen in Southern California, I know for sure. Like many deserts around the world, Death Valley in California or the Carrizo Plains pictured here, they are mostly sand and dirt and rocks those other miraculous bush plants that can somehow survive with the littlest of water. But some years, and not always annually, but if there are good spring rains, in the springtime, these brown and arid lands become lush with yellow flowers, purple and green and red, hillside daisies and owl's clover and gold fields, Those flowers come to life if there is enough rain. With enough water, the whole place flourishes with color. The same thing happens in the deserts of Israel and Palestine. The Negev Desert is usually so barren that there are only rocks and sands and those other scrappy plants that somehow survive. But after the rains come, if the rains come, that barren desert is a full of red poppies, purple lupine. Those spring blooms come and people flock to the deserts to take in the beauty of those days. It was those flowers, the purple lupine and the red poppy, the crocus and the irises that grow native in parts of Israel that surely inspired the words that, Israel, that Isaiah spoke in our reading today. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall blossom and rejoice. Like crocus, it shall blossom abundantly. Rejoice with joy and singing. Isaiah was a prophet, a messenger of God, reminding God's people of who God is and what God was up to about who they are, God's people are, and how we ought to live. And at the time we heard of this reading tonight, God's people were in exile. The temple was destroyed. They were torn from family and farms and their worship space. Many were killed. They were despairing and in exile. Their future was uncertain. And they were longing for restoration and rebuilding to come back home again, to have freedom to worship and gather. Their lives were felt deserted and dry and hopeless, like nothing good could grow, like nothing could possibly live, a desert. And yet into this feeling, into this reality, Isaiah describes a dry land becoming glad, rejoicing, bursting into blossoms. Those first hearers of these words surely had seen the lupines, and the poppies in the spring in the desert around them in Israel. As Isaiah spoke, they would have been able to recall the beauty that they had seen on those some days when there, were enough, where there was enough rain. 
those flowers soaking up that rain, transforming the whole desert. Those words, their memories of the flowers would have been a hope for them, teaching them about the future that would certainly come, a reminder that even a desert doesn't stay dry forever, that even the most barren places, in those places, life can come, that hope remains even for a desert. This is, after all, what God does. Isaiah described this choir of wildflowers to give God's people hope and courage, even joy, to name that God hadn't forgotten them. He spoke this powerful truth that even though they couldn't see it, God was bringing about restoration and life, would bring them home on those safe roads. We might not live in exile or an actual desert, but many of us, either now or someday or at some past time, we know our own kinds of desert exiles, the kind of dry sort of spells or a hard patch, a season defined by sorrow or despair or longing or grief, maybe just a sense that things aren't quite like you'd hoped they would be. There are, too, these realities of the world, violence that seems perpetual, a climate that's a mess, personal and global things that remind us that this world of ours is not what it ought to be, not what we or God long for. And so in many ways, this Advent season names this truth of our waiting and our longing, these desert times in our life, waiting for water to come to our desert, for God's saving ways to be known, for restoration to come and healing to happen. Isaiah's words are for us. He said, be strong and do not fear. The Lord will come to save you. We can trust that the Lord will indeed has already come to save us. Jesus, this baby we are waiting for, has already been born, has already conquered death, has already brought life eternal. We know the end of this story. We trust that our lives ultimately will end in life and love with God. But we also still wait for this Messiah, again, to fully redeem this world. We wait for our own shared work to bring about God's way in the world. We continue to need a savior. We still need God to bring about this goodness in our lives and in the world around us. And so in the midst of this waiting and longing, these words of Isaiah can be hope for us. Just as blossoms come to the desert, so will restoration and healing and life come for all of us. This is a hope that we can trust. But I think that those words, of promise, words also promise us that our waiting doesn't just have to be dreary and endlessly parched, tumbleweeds blowing by <laughs> as the days go by. But these words name that God will bring us joy even as we wait, joy bursting out in those desert places. Not simple happiness, but joy, deep joy. Today, this third Sunday in Advent is traditionally known as Joy Sunday, Gaudete Sunday. 
For some people, they wear pink on this day, or if you have seen or you have the colored purple and pink candles in your Advent wreath, today's the day to light the pink one for joy. Today is a day for joy, even as we wait. Joy in the midst of the desert. And so how can we find joy, even especially when life is hard? Well, I think that those desert blooms can teach us how to find joy in those desert seasons of our life. Many of those desert blossoms come from seeds that lie in that dry soil, dormant for years. These seeds waiting and waiting through drought and dryness until sometime when that rain will come with the warmth. And then when the waters do come, they soak it up. They know how to draw in and sustain water. Other desert plants are those wise prairie plants that we have in our own Iowa prairies, have these deep roots that can search out and find water even if it's not easily accessible. Succulents store water in their petals. These plants know how to hold and find water, and it's with that that they can make it through hard times. These plants remind us that joy isn't dependent on circumstances, but in staying rooted, grounded in the stuff that matters, soaking up and holding on to God's love for us, reminding us that it's there even if we can't always see it, through prayer and worship and practices of faith. Those flowers remind us that the things that bring us joy are often little, surprising, unexpected. A kindness, a memory, beauty, generosity. And those desert plants teach us that we need each other. The only way these deserts survive, thrive, is by this beautiful mutual interdependence. Like all ecosystems, the plants and animals and the bugs of a desert need each other, depend on each other. They are partners in each other's survival. A Sagoro cactus provides a home for a Gila woodpecker who then eats the bugs that would otherwise infect that cactus. The bats eat the fruit and pollinate it and on and on. We humans somehow think that we can break out of this universal need of mutual interdependence. But faith and joy are cultivated in community. Those desert plants can teach us to lean on one another, to show up for one another, asking for help and finding meaning and wholeness and joy in our mutual support. The writer and religious historian Kate Bowler tells a simple story about what it means to find joy in the desert. It's an old story, but she had recently been diagnosed with stage four colon cancer and was terribly sick. Her chemotherapy was awful and had to be pretty isolated. She didn't know people where she was getting treatments and she just wanted to sing Christmas carols. I don't even know if it was December or not. It could have been the middle of July. So she invited a few friends, some strangers who she heard were good singers. She gathered these odd assortment of people for one purpose to find some joy in the midst of a really hard time by singing Christmas carols. It was, I'm sure, awkward and beautiful, but brought joy in the desert. 
for Kate Bowler, her desert blossoms were found in that community of some strangers who responded to her Christmas Carol SOS call. But what might your joy, where might your joy be found? In what ways can you cultivate joy, intentionally digging your roots deep to remember God's love for you, to watch for goodness and beauty, to lean into the care and the company of others? Those words from Isaiah are words of promise for us, too, who are waiting in desert places. Life, healing, restoration will indeed come for us and for all this world. And in the meantime, even in the desert, joy does indeed bloom. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. Amen.
Now we turn to God in prayer, saying those words Jesus taught us in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Hold on to the promise that the desert wasteland will come alive with new life, even if we can't see it now. God's glory and splendor will be on full display. But as we wait, those words of Isaiah are for us. Be strong and do not fear, for our God is coming to save us. So go with confidence and joy into the days ahead. And may the love of God, the grace of Jesus Christ, and the presence of the Holy Spirit be among you and within you always. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and thanks for your support of the ministries of St. Paul Lutheran Church. Our commitment to projects that lend hope to other people stretches across the country and around the world. We hope that in a good way you feel a part of that reach. Tune in next Thursday for another edition of the St. Paul Podcast.